Blog Talk Radio. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. Fargo, North Dakota. It is another Monday. It is Attitude Era Monday, live Monday. And we have another blockbuster show tonight as we are in snowy North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota to be exact. Uh, We're all snowed in here, but the show will continue. The show must go on no matter whether it's two inches outside or 20 inches outside. We are coming live to you tonight. And as always, we have another blockbuster show with us tonight. Uh, go ahead and go on our guests. We have uh, Lori Frederick, we have Alex Savage, and we have Caitlin Ann Thaden with us tonight. And also we have Granny. How are you, Granny? I'm doing well, thank you, Icon. How are you, Granny? I'm I'm okay. All right, it's good to have you with us as well. And uh, we have about, uh, well, we have several minutes here before our first guest calls in. Uh, but uh, how's, uh, how's the weather where you're at, Granny? Let us know. Well, it was in the 70s today. We're supposed to have severe thunderstorms, and then possibly Wednesday and Thursday we might get, like we're, they say we're under a winter storm watch. We might get a little bit of ice and a little bit of freezing rain and maybe just a teeny tiny bit of snow. But they're talking more ice than they are anything else. So I'm hoping they're wrong about the ice. I can live with the snow. Just don't like the ice. Well, you know, uh, I don't like anything about winter. Um, you know, my, my favorite joke is uh, winter is like... Like Justin Bieber. It's cute for a while, but then can stay up in uh, north of the border. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Matthias, unfortunately, is not able to join us tonight because he is snowed in uh, where he's at, and he's not going to be able to make it tonight. Uh, so it's just basically me and Granny. Uh, rumor is that uh, we might have a big swing with us tonight at some point. Uh, you know he's always listening, and he's always ready to call in. Uh, you know, they got a bar out there in New York. Touchdown uh, Raiders! No, thank you, so Big apparently, Swing. So he apparently he's there. He is listening. But anyway, uh, we'll go with this. You know, what's interesting is 
I don't remember the last time it was just you and I doing the show together, Granny. Do you remember how long ago that was? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. And, uh, you know, I actually, you know, I, it, it's weird because I mean, I'm so used to seeing uh, Matthias on my right and Granny on my left, and usually I see Matthias's championship belt. And, uh, you know, and I, I always see Granny with, you know, her smiling face. And uh, tonight I don't have that because of the weather, and I'm actually kind of sad about that. I'll, 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 I'll get over it, obviously, but we'll, uh, we'll press on. You know, usually uh, we, we talk about our football teams and we talk about this and that and the other, but football's gone. And, uh, of course, the, the draft will be the next thing that we talk about, but that's a ways away. It doesn't look like there's going to be a baseball season or it'll be a truncated it'll be a truncated version of the baseball season because they're they're going to go on strike. So we don't have them. Uh and I don't really care much about the NBA and I don't really I've never been a hockey fan. I I know that's weird living close so close to the state of hockey which is Minnesota, but uh I just I, I just never got into it. Um and well, uh now- there may not be professional baseball icon, but in good old Springdale, Arkansas, we have our Northwest Arkansas Naturals, which they are the double A affiliated baseball teams of the Kansas City Royals, and they are going to have their baseball season, so Granny might get to see some baseball this year. There's opening season games. I guess is April 12th, I believe, is their opening night. And this is like their 12th season of since they built the park in Springdale. There was one season a couple years ago we didn't get to have baseball because of COVID, you know. But <clears throat> a lot of the Kansas City Royals, when the Royals won the World Series in 2015, a lot of the Kansas City Royals that were playing at that time, at one point in time, played for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. So right. I enjoy getting to see my baseball that way. So, You know, and the other interesting thing, Granny, is, uh, you know, we uh you know we have the we have a local radio uh local radio station uh we're on a local radio station but we have a local sports team here uh that i i pull for our local baseball team and also the fm invaders uh but uh you know i'm really looking forward to and as a viking fan i say this a lot and we've been saying this a lot for years we'll get them next year but i'm really looking forward to next season with a new coach and uh Hopefully the the Vikings can bring us some excitement, and uh, it would be really awesome if, uh, say, like uh, you know, Granny's team and my team make it in the Super Bowl. That would be really nice. The Chiefs and the Vikings that has happened before, but um, uh, I'm just going to take a little pause here and uh, uh, just to kind of reflect on uh, one of my favorite all-time uh, Viking calls. It, it only takes a few seconds, but uh, I'm going to play this. And uh, then uh, our, um, I'll be able to get our next guest on the line. But uh, see if uh, all the fans are listening on Ken's FM, if you guys all li- remember this. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. 
Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! My all-time favorite call in history was that call right there, the Minneapolis Miracle. And I, I know, Granny, you've had uh, several, um, of course, we don't have any here, but I, do you have a memorable uh, football moment uh, uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, a uh, favorite play that you remember like that, that you can remember? Uh, Kansas City's had a lot of amazing plays. I mean, um you know, I there, there's just too many to mention, Icon. I mean, Kansas City, I mean, I know when we played against Buffalo this year, we came back and won it in overtime, and it was like, I thought, I mean, I have a pacemaker, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I mean, there was like 13 seconds left on the clock, and Kansas City ended up winning the game in overtime and you know, or going into overtime and then winning it, you know, um, in overtime. I mean, there's so many great Kansas City plays. I mean, I guess one of my favorites was just the year that they won the Super Bowl against the 49ers. I mean, I just, you know, I was just absolutely ecstatic that year that we won the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I you know, I tell people, you know, win or lose, I'm always, I will always be a Chiefs fan. I mean, I will, I'm not one of these fans. I hate these people that, you know, they cheer for them and they're happy when they win, but when they lose, they get all upset, they get mad, you know, and I'm not one of these bandwagon fans. I mean, I support them no matter what, and that's the way I, that's the way I am, and that's the way I'll always be. You know, so I love I love my Kansas City Chiefs. So, and uh, our next guest it looks like is waiting in the wings. Uh, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and uh, we'll be back in thirty seconds after we hear from one of our sponsors, and uh, then we'll have our next our first guest on the air. We'll be back in thirty seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks, along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. And we definitely want you to go out and uh, buy one of these clocks. I happen to have, well, I had one of those clocks. It was uh, given to me as a wedding gift. Uh, however, uh, my parents liked it so much that it's now in their house, and I will never get it back, so it looks like I'm going to have to buy another clock. However, our first guest is ready to go, so stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring with us right now. She is 
I don't know. She's just awesome. And uh, I know it's a little past her bedtime, but she's going to have fun with us anyway. And she is a just a wonderful individual. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Lori Petrick. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? This is Lori Petrick, Ice American Gladiators. All right. And uh, yeah, we can hear you pretty good. I don't know if you got that script, but we can do it after the interview as well. Let me do the script again because of the way that you guys introduced me, I was expecting it a little differently. (laughs) All right, go ahead. All right. Hey, this is Lori Fetrick, Ice American Gladiators. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday on 89.1, Kim's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hookster. All right, now I'm now I'm going to give you the now that you're on with us, I'm going to give you the proper introduction. <laughs> right, Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring, ladies and gentlemen. She is cool as ice. She is the reason why American Gladiators was the number one rated show on Saturday nights. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you ice. There you go. Better? (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So how should we refer to you? Uh, should we call you as Mrs. Ice, uh, Miss Fedrick, uh, Lori? How how should we address you to be professional? You know, you you can call me Lori. You can call me Ice. Either one, whatever you feel like it. How's that? All right. Well, we yeah we have Ice from uh, American Gladiators uh, on Ken's FM. We have thirty two <laughs> minutes. So now tell me, how did uh, you get hooked up with the American Gladiators? Um, interesting enough, I was an athlete my whole life, and then I got into bodybuilding a little bit. And then uh, I was watching a show one day, just kind of flipped it on by accident, and I looked at it, and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I can totally do this. And um, I found out there was tryouts, and Zap, as a matter of fact, that year, uh, come to find out she was pregnant, and she wasn't going to be able to fulfill her contract. So I went out, and I tried out and jumped through all the hoops. It took me about three months to get the job, and voila, there you have it. <laughs> and I tried and out you were on American... I, did, I was going to say, I tried out with about 70, 75 other girls, by the way. And uh, you were on American Gladiators from 1989 to 1996, and uh, now you're probably going to think that, well, he's just saying that because I'm on the air, but there were actually two... Uh, my favorites, uh, you, and um, I'm trying to remember um, the name of the guy. Like the guy a with the. Of yours if you can't remember. <laughs> well, he. Well, I, I guess I guess that's correct. But I, he, see, sometimes I, I have I have a great memory, but it's short. I'm trying to remember the the guy. Um, he was. Uh, what do you look he, like? He was. He had black hair and he had, wore a mullet. I believe it was it Saber was his name. I I can't remember. No. Okay, so there was Nitro. There was Nitro. That's it. That's it. There Nitro. That's there him. You there you go. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, he's a good friend of mine. So now, uh, kind of take us through here. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me. Uh, so now, when you uh, when you beat out all these gals for the uh, for the title to be on American Gladiators, was it? Uh, 
was like, okay, you got the, did they call you or did they they say you got to roll right away? Uh, how long did you have to wait after your tryout? Um, it took me about three months, and it was literally like I went to the tryout, and then after the tryout, so they went from 75 girls down to about 15 girls, and then we tried out with different games, by the way. Um, so then it went from 15 girls down to about five girls, and all this time they were using us as guinea pigs to test out new games for the show. <laughs> I know. It wasn't that nice of them. Um, and so after it got down to five girls, then myself and Diamond that year both got hired. So it was, it was a and, long process. And, and uh, as Ice, you know, you also made appearances on Ellen as Ice. You also made uh, appearance on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, uh, Muppets Tonight. I remember that episode. Uh, but I guess probably my favorite one that you were on, uh, you know, you're on Mad TV, which was really awesome. I'll never forget that. And, uh, but, uh, the fact that you actually got to be on stage with Kermit and Miss Piggy, uh, on the Muppets (laughs) tonight. Now that had to been a blast. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, we have ice from American Gladiators. We've got 29 minutes here on Ken's FM. We're going to talk about all that. But uh, when you uh, when you are filming when you guys were filming American Gladiators, uh, how many episodes did you film in a day? And because uh, the season the season went, uh, I believe it was like twenty four episodes or whatever, so it was like a weekly thing. How many episodes did you film in a day? And how long um, uh, had uh, some of these episodes been in the can uh, before they aired on TV? Well, basically, uh, what we would do is we would film 21 episodes a year. So they would block out about a month, not about a month of time at the studio, and we actually shot two shows a day. So they would leave up, let's say, the, um, you know, the assault gun that everybody loves, the assault gun that shoots the tennis balls. So they would actually leave that up so that we could – funnel through like eight different contestants so we are shooting two shows at the same time and 21 shows a year and from the time that we shot the show for them to edit the process it was actually it was actually airing that fall because we always shot it seemed like around march for about a month and what was your what was your favorite uh, gladiator game that you played? Because uh, mine was where they did where they had to shoot the cannon. Uh, you know the you know you know which, uh, what event that was. I'm so I'm so nervous. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm sorry. I just yeah the assault that was my favorite event. And then the uh, the one where they had to walk on the rings, where um, if they uh, if a competitor was lucky, uh, ice would uh, wrap their legs would wrap her legs around them and then pull them down. I mean, that's, I mean, that's worth getting eliminated right there. <laughs> that was called hang tough. Um, my favorite event basically was Powerball. Powerball was one where the contestants had to put the balls in the, in the cylinders, and we got to tackle them. That was my favorite event. I mean, who wouldn't want to get paid to tackle someone? <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I told everybody, you know, uh, uh, I always wanted to get tackled by ice or nitro when I was a kid, but uh, they're like, well, 
uh, then we probably never hear from you again. <laughs> we have Ice from American Gladiators. Uh, we got 26 minutes. Uh, Ice, I'm going to introduce you to Granny Hulkster, um, and uh, she's going to ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Hey, Granny, what do you got for our guest? And uh, I, I don't think she there was not really heel on uh, American Gladiators because she was always nice until it came to competition. But what do you have for our guest? Ice, go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome to our show, Ice, and we're glad to have you on our show. It's an honor and a privilege. What was well, one thank of the you, most, Granny. Oh, you're welcome. What was one of the most exciting things you ever got to do in any kind of competition? What was one of the most exciting things you got to do? Besides being on this the show. Most- I know. That's a hard question because every day was exciting being on the show, to be quite honest with you. Every every day was a a new adventure. Every day we had different contestants. Um, But what what was very exciting is we would have special guests type of, um, you know, type of show. So we had Olympic athletes at one point in time. And with that, I had, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but her name was Peekaboo Street. She was a downhill Olympic um, skier, so she was on our show. I got to compete against her. We got to meet some absolutely amazing people on the show because they would have special guests coming on. So the most exciting thing was, yes, being on the show every day and meeting some of these amazing athletes and people and personalities. What was one of That's your awesome. most challenging uh, competitions you had to ever do, and who was it again? Did you say what was the most challenging? Mm-hmm. The most challenging was a game called Human Cannibal, which was probably the most redonkulous game they ever invented. It's where they had a platform up high, the contestants jumped on a rope and swung down and tried to knock off a gladiator pedestal. That, by the time they swung down, they were ten times their body weight. And we only wow. had this little tiny, yeah, it was, it was like ridiculous. We had this little tiny shield that was maybe three inches of foam to try to detour them away. It was, it was not only challenging, but it was a very bad game. <laughs> I hated well, playing I that remember, game. I, I remember watching that show. I mean, because I graduated from high school in 1980, so, so I remember watching American Gladiators. I loved watching that show. I mean, it was absolutely amazing just to see what the gladiators, gladiators could do and what the contestants could do. I mean, I was just in awe at everything that they did, you know, during the competition. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, they pushed our limits pretty good. They really, really pushed us. And also the the fact that – go ahead. By the way, I I, I heard through the grapevine they're revamping the show, and it's coming back on the air. Wow. I don't want to spoil anything, but since I'm not on I, it, I don't care. <laughs> oh, you, 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 you wouldn't go back and make a guest appearance? I would love to, but for some reason, every time they revamp the show, they feel as though they don't need the old ones, which we all feel is a huge mistake. 
Um, we just got done filming um, a little, uh, well, it's in the production right now, but we have a documentary that's going to be coming out on Netflix. We have a six-part documentary series that will be coming out the beginning of next year. So that's going to be awesome. super exciting. Awesome. But um, I was also told, I heard, that Vince McMahon from WWE joined forces with the American Gladiators, and he's going to be the one behind the American Gladiators. And I heard, I could be wrong, that they're in production now. Wow. Well, let's, let's, well, let's hope uh, they don't ruin it like they did the XFL. Uh, you know what? I, 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 should... I agree with you on that. They did ruin it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but The Rock now bought the XFL. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. No, I had no idea, really. Yep, The Rock now owns the XFL, so uh, 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 it'll actually be it'll be, actually be uh, worth uh, watching now, uh, especially if he starts out every match, every uh, event like he did the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Lori Pepper <laughs> is our guest, Ice from uh, Ice from Adi- uh, Ice from American Gladiators, and uh, our fans listening, you know that we got assignment for you. If you go to our uh, Facebook page, uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday. I uh, like that page. You go to Ken's FM page. You like that. You do a $10 a month donation. We'll get you an autograph from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And uh, uh, ISO, I understand if you turn me down for this, but would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? I would love to send you an autograph for a few giveaways. And I'm going to plug a little something there for myself then. I want everybody to yeah, go we- to TikTok and go to lori.ice.fetrick and join my channel. And I'll send you all the autograph photos that you want. All right, and uh, I'm going to uh, kind of change gears here. We talked about American Gladiators, but I, uh, everybody knows that our biggest source of information here on uh, Attitude Era is uh, IMDb. Now, there's a few other things I want to talk to you about uh, that you've done in your career and what you're doing uh, coming up. But uh, now, I remember when you uh, you were, I was a big American Gladiators fan because. Uh, uh, I liked the audio commentator, uh, Larry Zonka, which was awesome. Unfortunately, we lost him uh, a, a few years back. But uh, I remember uh, when you were on uh, Who's the Boss uh, as Ice, uh, which was uh, which was really cool. Uh, you know, you got to be with Tony Danza, and uh, you got to uh, um, be with uh, um, Alyssa Milano, which is really awesome. I was just looking for that episode last night, as a matter of fact. I wanted to watch it. And uh, you've, been on, uh, you've been on A Living Color. Um, so you got to be with Homie the Clown. And uh, now uh, you, and you also got to be on the set with Jim Carrey, which had to have been uh, just super cool, wasn't it? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, very cool. And yeah. uh, I, there's 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 a lot of other things I want to talk to uh, talk to you about. Then we'll uh, talk to you about uh, the stuff that you're doing now uh, that you keep busy with. Now we'll talk more about your TikTok in a little bit. But now when you uh, in uh, when you were on Muppets Tonight and uh, you found out that you were going to be on with you know Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, uh, Gonzo. Now what what was that like being on a set with a bunch of Muppets? Besides this being on this show here with a bunch of Muppets, <laughs> it was very cool. It was it was super exciting, um, very interesting. By the way, by the way, they, how they filmed their show, 
because all the Muppets are up above and they're doing their thing and all the people are below. So it was cool to watch and see how they do the show. But I love the Muppets myself, so that was one of the very exciting things in my life that I got to do. And uh, now, now tell me, is uh, uh, I, you know, if if you uh, if you knew this or not, but uh, Vince McMahon, we talked about him a little bit ago. He actually challenged uh, challenged uh, a couple years ago Kermit the Frog to do the ice bucket challenge, and uh, he did uh, Kermit the Frog did that. Uh, Vince McMahon referred to him as a pesky amphibian. Uh, what was Kermit like to work with? Kermit was super cool. It was very professional, funny. Um, it was there. It was just a lot of fun to work with. Very personable. And uh, you've uh, you've also done uh, bodybuilding in your career as well. Um, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you have muscles on your muscles, do you not? I do not have muscles on my muscles. <laughs> not anymore, anyway. Let's put it that way. Well, you, you you still you still you still lift a lot of weights and stuff. You still do all that stuff, right? Yeah, I still I work out about four days a week. Still, yes, I do. Well, what uh, kind of take us through a little bit? Cardio. Well, kind of tell it. Take us kind of what. What is a, a basic training day like for you? Uh, do you get up at like four in the morning, have a drink, a couple raw eggs, hit to the gym, and uh, bench press five hundred pounds? Take us through what you do. How, are you following me through my day? How do you know all that? <laughs> uh, well, just kind of guess. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, all, all the muscle heads are all the same. No, um, actually, to be quite honest with you, um, I get up probably about eight in the morning. There you go have a couple cups of coffee and I do a lot of um I deal with stocks right now a lot of them which I wish I hadn't been in the last couple weeks but that's besides the point um I hit the gym about noon do some um cardio and then I go about my day to be quite honest with you um I don't train as intensely as I used to I play a lot of golf now (laughs) now so, well, let me ask you this: when when you when you're on the course, and uh, someone tells you to uh, hurry up because you may be playing a little slow on the course, uh, do you just like turn around and say, "Hey, do you know who I am? I was on American Gladiators. You wait your turn." <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that easy. Um, no, first of all, I'm the uh, first of all, I'm the one telling them they're playing slow. <laughs> And um, then they'll turn around and look at me, and it depends on if I have a sleeveless shirt on or not, if they're going to look at me, you know, cross-eyed or not. Nah, it's all good. Um, I've actually, I mean, you know, the older we get, we lose a little size, so the intimidation factor isn't there as much as it used to be. Now, uh, I'm kind of curious. A couple of fans are asking, did you get to keep any of your outfits from uh, American Gladiators, or did you just have one outfit that they washed all the time, or did you have several well, how many different wardrobe uh, outfits did you have on American, from American Gladiators? Every year we had a new uniform. Every year they changed it up a little bit to give it like a, a, a fresh new look, let's say. Um, so we had a couple uniforms, and every single night, obviously, we had, you know, our wardrobe person come into our dressing rooms, grab them, and, you know, take them to the dry cleaners or whatever they needed to do with them. 
But, um, yeah, we didn't have a ton of them. We just had a couple of them. But, yeah, every single year we had a new uniform. And I did keep a couple of them. Now, do you uh, do you have do you still have, did you get to keep the one that's on your collector's card, the American Gladiators collector's card? Um, yes, yes, I do. I have the very first original uniform that I ever wore as well. Now, do you have it like do you have it like framed and on your wall and say yes, this I do. Me or, yes, I do. And, uh, <laughs> And then, like, uh, let me ask you this: like, on on Halloween, do you like pull out one of your other ones and then answer the door as uh, as ice? Um, you know. No. No, but oh. my girlfriend always wants to put it on and go out trick or treating. Lori <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frederick is our guest here. Uh, ice from American Gladiators. We got about thirteen minutes here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. So let's kind of uh, switch gears here a little bit. Uh, uh, on what you're uh, what you're keeping busy with now, you kind of mentioned uh, TikTok, um, and then I'm going to say my uh, favorite uh, appearance that you were on uh, towards the end here. But uh, kind of uh, tell us what you're keeping busy with now. Tell us more about your TikTok channel. I am having so much fun with my TikTok channel right now. Um, I decided, you know, because let's be real, when when we we're doing the American Gladiators, we didn't have social media. So right now, since we're, you know, the show's being revamped, since we're doing our documentary for Netflix, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to build up my social media. And I picked, I I really picked TikTok, to be quite honest with you, since it's really almost one of the most popular channels right now to really put all my time and focus into. So I've been having a blast just doing videos on my TikTok. Um, I, like I said before, I do actually do, I do play a lot of golf. So I'm on the course at least once, twice a week. If not, I'm at the driving range practicing with my coach. Um, and other than that, I am dealing with a little bit of real estate, uh, here and there, a little bit of financials. So that's really what I've been up to lately. Um, and just having a lot of fun with it. You know, I've been Actually, you know, people have been contacting me since I've been building up my channel to do, you know, promotions for their products to endorse a few products here and there, and that's a lot of fun as well. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll let everybody know that uh, your favorite radio station in Fargo, North Dakota, is, of course, 89.1 Ken's FM. And, uh, All day long. You know, you, and you have a favorite egotistical guy in North Dakota. His name is Icon. You're friends with him because uh, I tell everybody I'm friends with you. Um, I'll just do a TikTok like, video about you guys. How's that? <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, and then we can uh, then we can put it on our, our website. Now, the other thing that uh, you, you might remember is uh, being on uh, – you, you actually got to meet uh, Superman, and you also got to meet uh, Lois Lane – uh, tell us uh, what that was like being on Lois and Clark. That was awesome. That was, I, I that was my, I would say that was my most memorable acting um, television show I, I did. Uh, Dean Kane was amazing. Um, he and I worked really closely together for that week. I didn't get a lot of time. Um, well, I'm sorry. What was her name again? See, I didn't get a lot of time with her. Lois Lane. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't get a lot. Yeah, she she started out on MacGyver. Why? Why? why yeah, I didn't Slipping get a lot there. because I didn't I didn't have any scenes. Terry Hatcher. With her. Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. There you go. 
Yeah. I didn't have a lot of scenes with Terry. I didn't have any scenes with Terry, as a matter of fact. So I didn't get to work with her. And so she ste- she kept in her um, in her dressing room pretty much the entire time I was working with Dean. But he was awesome. I mean, we just had so much fun. And when you're on a set like that, you get to laugh a lot. And you you get to know the person <clears throat> and you know have lunch with them. He's just a great guy. And the episode that you were on was on Fashion and Speeding Vixen, and your character—you were actually the main character on that episode, Vixen. And uh, and if it uh, think about this, if uh, if the show was filmed during Christmas time, yeah, I guess you could say uh, in your career, I guess you could say you're a dancer, a prancer, and a vixen. Um, <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> well, I well, you know, You're funny. I. Uh, You're funny. <laughs> uh, I got a bunch of jokesters here this evening. <laughs> uh, now you uh, you also in a uh, feature movie, uh, uh, Bullethead. Uh, your character was a specialist. How did you uh, get hooked up with that gig, and how long were you uh, uh, filming that one? Well, the producer of it, um, Jonathan Flores, he was a very good friend of mine. And I actually did that movie with him as a favor for him because of the fact that he was just starting out. So that was that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I remember it distinctly because we were in extremely cold weather when we were shooting that film. And I got to put like a, a big old shotgun underneath my big black long jacket. Um, I got to rip a guy's tongue out of his mouth. Yeah, that was good time. That was a fun film. <laughs> now you mentioned that uh, you did that movie as a as a favor for him. Now, do you think that you could hook us up with him so he'd be willing to be a guest on the show so he can return the favor? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know where Jonathan is nowadays. Really. Yeah, I do not know. I lost touch with Jonathan probably about 10 to 15 years ago, maybe even a little longer than that. Um, well, I don't well, how fair is that? You make his movie I, an Oscar winner, and then he, he doesn't return your phone calls. That's terrible. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know. Another cool thing is, and here's how big of a fan I am of yours. Uh, you uh, you have a birthday coming up in about uh, thirty seven days, uh, March twenty eighth to be. Yeah, March twenty eighth wow. to be. Uh, and she uh, she'll be turning the. <laughs> she'll be turning the young age of thirty nine, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, she's she she looks awesome for her age. You know. <laughs> oh, to be 39 again. Right. Oh, to be 29 again. Well, you know, you've happy. You know, you've you've done uh, you've done a lot of stuff on the small screen. Do you prefer uh, the small screen or the big screen when you're uh, when you're performing these days? I actually love television. I mean, the movies are awesome, of course. Um, I can't say that I've ever been in a big you know, blockbuster type movies. They've all been what I consider kind of a, a B, a B film. Um, CIA Targo Lexo was pretty fun with uh, Lorenzo Lamas and his uh, ex-wife Kathleen um, Kenmont. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Kathleen and I had a great time on that movie. So, I mean, it really just depends on, you know, the movie, the cast, 
um, who they are. Obviously, television is fast and quick. You're in and out within, you know, a week. And a movie, you're working on it. You're working on it longer, like possibly a month, two months, depending on your role. So I love them all. I love them all. It doesn't matter to me. We have uh, we have ice from American Gladiators, Lori Petrak. Now the other cool thing is you were also you also got to be on uh, with Dick Van Dyke on Diagnos- Diagnosis Murders as well. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and I what's he like personally? Barely, barely remember that. Barely remember. Um, I honestly, I I do not remember too much about that. Uh, you were on the episode. Uh, the episode that I have on uh, VHS is Slam Dunk Dead. Uh, you played Rochelle, and that was in 1997. Oh, my God. Can and the you send me a copy of that? <laughs> well, it, it, it's buried in my garage somewhere, but I recorded uh, all okay. those episodes because I love Dick Van Dyke. And, uh, well, yeah, you know, and I believe the series is on DVD now. I do believe. Um I think it is. Uh, I can uh, I can uh, do some research and I can let you know if it is or not. But uh, I'll never forget that episode because it was a sports episode. So you know that that's why I remember that stuff because you know it's right. sports and it was you. Oh, the, um, thank you. Yeah, and you know the other interesting thing is uh, you know when uh, you know we talked about the Muppets. So you know you're on stage with uh, you know stuffed animals basically now you also got to be on space ghost uh coast to coast and uh you got to be on with a cartoon uh what was that yeah like? that was odd too. that was a little odd um it was it was like they put us in a room and there was a screen in front of us which was space ghost and space ghost was talking to us so it was just a very odd kind of you know interaction uh that was interesting yeah that was so very now, interesting and, they did that. And, and you, you were on two episodes of that show, uh, and uh, you were actually on the very first episode ever in 97, the pilot, and then you were also on the surprise uh, in 96. Now, since it was uh, basically, uh, you know, you did you get um, on the set, so uh, they, they actually showed you, and they had the cartoon Space Ghost, so were you like, in uh, the same room with the guy that was doing the voice of Space Ghost, or did you never get to see no. the guy? Never got to see the guy. They actually put us in, like, uh, what we call a green room. And, therefore, it was just – I remember, I think I did it with Hawk, as a matter of fact, the other gladiator. And um, right. there was a big screen in front of us, and Space Ghost was on the screen. And so, no, we never got to, we never got to interact with the, the voice of the guy of Space Ghost. We were kind of like, and, I remember uh, we were in the studio pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, done, you've, done, you've done so many cool things. And I, like, I, like I like to mention, I know this is probably one of the highlights. You also got to be, you also got to be on uh, the Drew Carey Show. You got to be on two episodes of that. What's uh, it like working Drew with Drew Carey? Cool. Drew is super cool. Yeah, um, Drew and I actually became kind of, kind of uh, friends a little bit to where I got to go to a couple couple premieres with him um, over at the studios. And Drew was a very cool guy. So it was a lot of fun working with him. Um, the other, the other uh, Mimi, I don't know her real name, but remember Mimi on the Drew Carey show? Yes. She was awesome. Yep. She made me laugh. Oh, she was fun. And 
<laughs> and just think, because because you're on the set with him, now uh, it, it led uh, him to becoming the new host of uh, The Price is Right, because you were on his show. Oh, that's how they got to, yeah, that's right. how I got all the notoriety. Exactly. I, uh, exactly. <laughs> Right. We have uh, Lori Petrock. We have Ice as our guest here, and we only got a few minutes left to wrap this up. And I know we pitched a little bit, but if our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I know, right? Put all my handles out there. Um, on Instagram, you can find me on uh, Lori Fetrick Fit. That's my account on Instagram. Um, it's wide open, it's public, and then I've got a TikTok account. You can find me at lori.ice.fetric. And by the way, I just found out today there's a fake account out there, so do not go to the official Lori Ice because that is not me. Um, yes, I am on Facebook. My name, Lori Fetric. Um, I have a YouTube channel, Lori Fetric Fit. Is there any others I'm missing? <laughs> I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah, you have anything on YouTube? Yeah, I do. I have a lot of different videos on YouTube. I got a lot of workout videos on YouTube. Um, I used to do a ton of workout videos and put them on YouTube, and then it just got saturated with a whole bunch of other uh, personal trainers and you know fitness coaches and stuff like that. That um, I just I kind of stopped doing a lot of the personal um, training um, and the fitness videos on YouTube, but they're all out there. They're all done. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Lori, I do appreciate it uh, for you taking time on your schedule to join us tonight. You have been so awesome. And, uh, you know, I understand if you never take my phone calls anymore, because um, I know that uh, <laughs> uh, I know that uh, we are emailing back and forth, and I, um, and I know that uh, Thank you for having me on where your you're show. At. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's a pleasure Thanks for being yeah. on my all Thanks, right, you're, you're awesome. Uh, you're uh, you're awesome. Uh, you're as cool as ice, as they like to say uh, in the business. We we appreciate it, and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great week. Have a great evening. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was ice. Wow, was that was that awesome or what? Huh? Uh, you know. Not that I'm trying to put myself over here, but uh, the icon can find anybody, it seems like. Uh, but uh, we have our next guest waiting in the wings. Uh, we're going to take a quick little timeout, and uh, we will be back after we hear from one of our sponsors. Give us about 30 seconds. We will return. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And uh, the Woodspring Suites is a great hotel to stay at, and... Uh, if you're a celebrity, if you're a wrestler, and you're looking for a great place to stay, Woodspring Suites is the place. But now, 
we have our next guest ready to go. He's going to step out of the green room. He's going to walk down the aisle. He's going to step in the ring, and he's going to bench press somebody. He is the man making waves on the independent wrestling scene today. He is the Savage One himself. He is Axel Savage. Hey, everybody. This is Axel Savage. You are listening to the Attitude Era Monday live 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, Axel, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? Good. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a question, and we'll go to Granny, then we'll come back to me, I'll ask you the tougher questions, uh, and then we'll uh, have some fun. So uh, give us a little background. Uh, well, let's see. Um I uh, started training for, to become a professional wrestler about three years ago in 2018. Uh, in that same year, I was uh, I was named the Christian Wrestling Federation's Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, I mean it's all kind of just gone up from there. You know, I went I went probably the first year of my career without uh, winning a single match and. Uh, you know, and I, there's definitely been more wins than losses in the last year and a half. You know, I, uh, I had some international travel plans that got kind of uh, taken away because of this whole COVID pandemic. Uh, so I'm, I've pretty much been uh, homebound in Texas as far as my travels are concerned. But uh, I am, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting out. I have opportunities and. Uh, for wrestling promotions outside of Texas, uh, it's just, uh, I also have a personal life and a wife and two children. So, uh, you know, traveling's not, uh, not something that I can just always up and do at the drop of a hat. So, <laughs> uh, Axel Savage is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got about uh, 26 minutes with, uh, Axel. Now, when you, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, the, you know, you started in 2018, and then we had the pandemic hit in 2020. We'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh, when, you, uh, when you decided to get into the business, who trained you? Uh, my trainer, uh, his name is Eric Grayson. Um, he, he started off, actually, in the business uh, self-trained, um, but since then has, uh, he's been to multiple seminars, uh, as far, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, um, he's trained under Jeremy Jett, he's trained under Dr., uh, <laughs> Coach Josh Gary, um, you know, multiple people, uh, that he's reached out to and received training from over the years, but, uh, you know, initially, like I said, he came into the business as just, you know, self-trained, kind of bought a ring, and him and his friends were just, they wanted to do it the right way. They weren't looking at doing, you know, backyard stuff. They wanted to put on actual shows with an actual ring. And, um, so, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of a, a, a local success story, I guess you could say, because, uh, you know, Rampage Wrestling, uh, which is the main company that I work for out of Lubbock is, um, you know, they, they start, you know, I guess every company kind of starts off small and we are, slowly but surely well no not even slowly fastly becoming the hub of west texas as far as uh as far as uh you know all the wrestlers seem to want to work for us uh we're the only wrestling company from this area that will be featured in the dallas fort worth area for wrestlemania weekend um so yeah man it's uh it's 
in the five years that he's been, I guess, well, he's actually been doing it for seven years, but in the five years he's been really successfully running shows, um, you know, it's it, he's come a long way. So, so now there's uh, there's two famous people from uh, Lubbock, Texas: Axel Savage and Buddy Holly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would I would never put myself up there with Buddy Holly and the Crickets, but uh, I, uh, I I do I, I do love Buddy Holly's music. So, <laughs> and I have eaten at Holly's Drive-In uh, there in uh, Post. So. <laughs> Well, you know, I, uh, in high school, I used to impersonate Buddy Holly, so uh, I've always been a Buddy Holly fan. Uh, Axel Savage is our guest here. Uh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. When you, uh, when you wrestle, are you, uh, you're, with your style, are you a high flyer like uh, Ray Mysterio? Are you a brawler like Stone Cold Steve Austin? Or do you have the more technical side like Bret Hart? How would you rank your style? Well, uh, honestly, when I when I first started, I would have said that I was a more – more technical, um, you know, I would have put myself more in a category of a, a Bret Hart or a, a wrestler who shall not be named uh, <laughs> just because of controversy and the way that his life ended. However, he was a very good grappler. Um, but they, uh, you know, those were probably some of the, the, but I've always just liked to have something flashy about me, even when I was doing a lot of technical stuff you know uh, macho man randy savage was always one of my favorites uh along with rowdy roddy piper so as far as you know i like to be technical but i would you know throw in a surprise here or there you know a springboard crossbody or a you know a springboard kick or you know a, a diving headbutt off the top rope you know I, I i like to mix it up every now and then but uh i i'm definitely more of an aggressive uh, more more aggressive as as of late, you know. In the going into the third year of my career, uh, I wouldn't call myself Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not trying to model myself after him, but a lot of the stories that I find myself in, a lot of the aggression that uh, that needs to be portrayed, you know, I'll still throw in a little flashiness here and there, but I definitely have that uh, that kind of go get them brawler attitude as of late but you know i can i'll still throw in springboard here and there when i when given the opportunity and i'll still go off the top ropes if given the opportunity so and uh for those of you who have never seen axel uh he actually uh uh he actually looks uh uh he's he looks exactly like uh curtis axel and he's got uh he's got curtis axel's look uh he's got the mrs shades and he's got DDP's smile, so uh, I, I I hope you don't mind that comparison. But when I, that card I made of you, when I saw that smile, I'm like, hey, that he looks just like DDP. Man, that's honestly that's a huge compliment. I actually just uh, I just finished shooting a promo where I have my autographed DDP uh, photo in the background, you know, and it says uh, it says Yo Axel, <laughs> bang, you know, Diamond Dallas Page and. Uh, I had a good friend of mine who had the opportunity to meet him uh, in the DFW airport, and you know, and he told him he's like, "Hey, man, you know, my buddy's training," and he's like, "Bro, here, give him this, you know, free of charge." And you know, and I, I've done the DDP yoga thing and uh, Diamond Dallas Page. That's a, that's a huge compliment on my smile. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to take a quick little time out. We'll be back after these messages. One second. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. 
independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we want to thank uh, Ken's FM for allowing us to come on the air every Monday night. We're with uh, Axel Savage. Now, with uh, with your cool look, are you more of a baby face, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you more of a crowd guy? Well, uh, honestly, uh, pretty much every promotion that I go into, uh, they see my size, and they they automatically want to make me into a heel. They want me to be a heel. They want me to go out, and they want me to be just overly aggressive. I'm bigger than most of the guys on the independent scene. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, and then, you know, the crowds, man, I just I connect with the crowds. I don't know what it is. They love me. I love them. And it, it usually doesn't take more than a show for them to be like, all right, fine, you're a baby face. But it's it's hard, and I get it. I get the independent wrestling business. You know, it's hard to have a guy my size being this just over baby face that the crowd seems to love and get behind and you've got a you know a five foot six 160 pound champion and people are like uh why isn't this guy the champion (laughs) so uh um yeah it's uh i mean it's it, it i am definitely more of a baby face and uh but i i like i said i have that aggression in me and i think that that's a lot what the crowd connects with you know it's uh something that, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, get them back. I'm not that person that's going to get poked in the eyes and then just roll over and roll out and cry about it. You know, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i get them back if I, if I can, so. Well, you you know, you mentioned uh, you, uh, you're a baby face, but you, you kind of started out, you, you, I thought you were going to be a heel, so this next uh, co-host, it was going to get really interesting <laughs> here. Uh, Granny, uh, he could be a heel. What do you got for our guest, Axel Savage? We've got 18 minutes. Go ahead. Well, being that he's from Texas, I'm sure that he is very familiar with a lot of wrestlers that Granny probably knows. And he may have even heard of Granny Holster. I don't know. I mean, I have several wrestling buddies that wrestle in the great state of Texas. Um, who are, because, I mean, just, I don't like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. I mean, they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or they'll say, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home, you know, kind of thing. Um, Are you familiar with the name Barrett Brown? Yes, ma'am. I am familiar with Barrett Brown. He's one of my personal friends. I had the opportunity to get to meet Barrett and his family back when traditional championship wrestling was running in Arkansas. I've known Barrett and his mom and dad for many years. Um, what about Will Alday? I am also familiar with Will Alday. Uh, I, I, I've neither, I haven't met, I've met Will Alday in person. I haven't met Barrett Brown. I've spoken to him. He's actually mm-hmm. uh, pretty good friends with one of my uh, with one of my buddies at the Christian Wrestling Federation, but uh, we'll all yeah. Day, I, 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 I when you mentioned the Christian so, Wrestling Federation, I know Barrett wrestles there a lot. So yeah. Uh, what about Chandler Hopkins? Oh, the Young Gun. Yeah, I'm, I've met Chandler a few times. <laughs> and how about Magnificent Malico? Oh yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've gotten the chance to 
actually worked uh, worked a match in the uh, the very first independent wrestling expo here in Texas uh, with Malico. So that was the first time I met him, and I've run into him a few times since then. Well, I tell you, I mean, now Will Allday, you know, whenever he wrestled up here in Arkansas, and that's where I live, um, he always was the heel. And we would go back and forth with each other. I love Chandler. I love Malico. Ryan Davidson was also a heel when he wrestled up here in Arkansas. Have you are you familiar with Ryan Davidson? I am not that that name does not ring a bell, no. Okay, okay. Well I actually got I mean we they did a show here uh during Bikes Blues and Barbecue and Malico was wrestling against Ryan Davidson and Malico was holding Ryan Davidson and I actually got to chop Ryan Davidson a couple of times, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's but always fun for the crowd. What has been your most challenging match, and who was it against? And what kind of match was it? Well, see, that I don't know. I feel like that's a loaded question um, because I would say probably my most physically challenging match. You know, I've been in some kendo stick matches. I've been in an Easter basket on a pole match. Uh and I've been in. So you work for uh, Vince Russo? <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we we actually do a special every every year around October. We have a uh, there's a there's a haunted house that's like a pretty big deal around here. It's called Nightmare on Nineteenth Street uh, off of uh, off of Nineteenth Street here in Lubbock, and uh, it's a pretty big deal. And so every year we kind of partner with them and we put on one the only show all year where we have like one death match. And since then it's been, it's kind of like uh, become a thing that everybody do something a little hardcore on those nights. And so it was actually my idea to do the kendo stick on a pole match. I regretted it, but it was my idea. (laughs) And uh, so uh, the, you know that one, that one, that one hurt a little bit. But I had probably one of my actually, I wouldn't even call it challenging because it was one of my favorite matches. Uh, was what we call the Rampage Rules match. It was essentially a street fight uh, between me and the Maniac Jester, and we had had a feud that had spanned over a few different promotions. We had gone back and forth for about a year before we had this match. Uh, you know, we had thumbtacks, we had Cables wrapped in barbed wire. We had guitars. We had kendo sticks. We had glass bottles. Um, and that that match was probably the hardest for my wife to watch, but it was the one of the most fun times I've had <laughs> in a wrestling ring. Uh, so wow. much adrenaline that, you know, I just, I really enjoyed it. No matter, I mean, yes, it hurt, and I'm not going to say that it didn't, but it was just so much adrenaline uh, pumping through my veins. I mean, it. I think I was probably up till four o'clock in the morning after that, just just trying to come down off the off the adrenaline high. So yeah. Well, if you had any kind of opportunity to have any kind of dream match, what kind of match would you want to do, and who would you want your opponent to be? Oh, dream match. Is this uh, is this is this living? <laughs> do they have to be living, or can it doesn't matter? It doesn't time? matter. Oh man, oh, <laughs> I haven't really given that a whole lot of thought. But uh, I would probably say, um, man, 
That is a loaded question, isn't it? It is very it is very much a loaded question. Uh honestly, I uh oh man, let's just go ahead and paint the big marked target on my forehead, man. I would just I would love to work in any kind of match with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> oh, wow. I, that would be awesome. Would. That would be awesome. I just, well, you, I think, you know, he, I think so much of that dude, I watched some of his matches and I've seen pe- him wrestle people that had no business being in the ring with him and he made them look amazing. You know, he is, is just somebody that I have a lot of respect for in the business. So that's uh, awesome. Any kind well, of we match, have a couple, we have some wrestling shows up in Arkansas where I live at, you know, you're talking about maybe getting a chance to travel. Maybe Granny needs to work on trying to get you to Arkansas. <laughs> Man, hey, I would love it. And I've always wanted to visit Arkansas. I've only been through it a couple of times, but it was beautiful what I remember. So I would love it. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to get work. We'll, we'll have to work on that. Uh, Axel Savage is our guest here. We got uh, we got about uh, ten minutes uh, now. Uh, we're not going to spend uh, too much time on this uh, this subject because uh, it is depressing. But you know, you mentioned you started in 2018, and then of course we yes, had uh, COVID hit in 2020. Kind of take us through just a little bit about how um, uh, COVID affected your career and what. Uh, uh, what had to happen? Did you have a whole bunch of matches that got canceled that will be rescheduled? Did you have to blank out your your calendar at a certain point? Uh, take us through what happened with you. Well, I mean, essentially what happened with me, uh, I I mean, I was, I was making a name for myself pretty quickly, a lot quicker than I really uh, felt like was going to happen. I, I was, you know, working a lot of small shows, but, you know, near big areas of Texas, and uh, I was – I'd gotten noticed by some of the bigger promoters that were willing to give me opportunities, not necessarily, you know, features or anything, but just opportunities to get my name out there. Um, you know, I was offered a, you know, a spot on, you know, VIP wrestling, uh, which is one of the bigger promotions here in Texas. Uh, you know, I got, like I said, the, the very first independent wrestling expo was actually shortly after when they very first started lifting things from COVID and we, we had a really, I mean, a, it was a really poor turnout for a show that was featuring Brian Cage, Lance Archer, Christy Jane, Killer Kate. I mean, we had we had a, you know, a, a Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, we had a stacked few people there, and we had a very poor turnout because it was right after people were starting to get back out in public. Um, I had the opportunity to. Uh, I had actually championship opportunities in Mexico that were being offered to me, um, you know, companies that haven't fully recovered uh, from the COVID, from everything that, you know, as far as financially from COVID. So they're not really paying the kind of money to bring people in and across the border like they were at that time. Um, You know, there were storylines I was involved in that just kind of got thrown to the wayside. There were, you know, just all kinds of things, man, and, you know, and so many of these promotions, and I get it, you know, everybody's got to make, you know, everybody's got to try to make money the way they can, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just hard to see, you know, the amount of people that were up and coming and available and reaching out and willing to pay people to travel that, 
you know, those companies are kind of like, yeah, we we just need to use local talent right now until we build up. And I and I get it, I do, but you know, and it is a recovery process. But it it was it was really hard on me, man. I felt <laughs> I felt uh, kind of not necessarily betrayed by the business, but I mean, I was just it was kind of. But at the same time, I kind of thought maybe God was telling me, hey, bud, take a step back. <laughs> you know, you. I might have, I might have, you know, made some stupid mistakes and ended up getting myself hurt. I can honestly say I haven't had uh, too many what I would call serious injuries in this business because I've learned how to take care of myself really well. Um, and so, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it was rough, but uh, you know, now it's it's starting to feel like it felt then. You know, I'm starting to feel like I can better. Uh, better show up for these opportunities and, uh, you know, be a better me than I'm, than I may have been at that time. You know, who knows? I may have soured myself on some people if they had seen me, you know, thinking that I was, (laughs) that I was really awesome when really I had, I still had a whole lot to learn and I still do. But, um, yeah. Well, I know that feeling. That's pretty much it. Uh, actually, go ahead. Go ahead, Alcon. I know I was going to say, I know you mentioned, you know, you were going to be part of WrestleMania weekend, Axel, and my my husband and my son and I and a very good friend of ours is actually going to be getting to come to WrestleMania um, that weekend. So that I'm I'm looking forward to that. So who knows? I might get to see you or something. I don't know. You Well, we will be on, we're like Saturday afternoon, I believe, at like four in Tulips, Fort Worth is where our show will take place. Um, A lot of the guys are kind of hustling around. Some of them have gotten tickets to WrestleMania different nights. Uh, Most of us, most of the cooler guys in the group, uh, we kind of want to check out the other, you know, we want to check out the other promotions, especially the ones we haven't really seen. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to ever see GCW. They've got quite a few shows in the area. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot going on that weekend, man. And I just, I know we'll put on a great show. I just hope that, you know, uh, enough people are there to see it, that our, you know, that our names get out there and that they see what, what West Texas has to offer. Cause I kind of feel like, you know, West Texas wrestling is, you know, since the pretty much since the territory died, since the Funk Brothers decided to sell it, you know, West Texas hasn't had like a great name as far as uh, wrestling is concerned in this area. But um, you know, we're doing really good things, and I and I'm so happy for the opportunity to show people, you know, what we're doing down here. That's uh, awesome. well, I, know, our, I know our tickets to WrestleMania are going to be the second night on April third. Is the is the night we're going to be going to WrestleMania. So, and I know we are planning on going to WrestleCon at least one day while we were there. So, uh, Axel Savage, our guest here on eighty nine point one Ken We got about five minutes. Now, one uh, actually, one question I'd like to ask all independent wrestlers that we have on, and I'll put it to you. It's a two-part question. You know, being in wrestling, you know, everybody knows that the goal is to get to the big dance, either the WWE or now AEW. Now, if you were offered uh, a tryout with them um, and, they, you know, you get that big-time million-dollar contract, two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do? And two, when you sign a big contract, when you're not big-time, with them still talk to us. 
Uh, well, part one of that question, if it's a million-dollar contract, I am absolutely 100% signing that contract. <laughs> uh, me and my wife have actually talked about that, and I told her, I said, if it's a developmental contract, I get it. You know, I have a career that pays pretty well, and so I can't, we can't, I can't live off of that. But if, you know, if I've got enough going on that they sign, they want a big, you know, six-figure contract, I'm absolutely jumping on that. Uh, and part two, yes, absolutely. I don't, I don't forget where I came from, you know. I and and I would gratefully thank and appear for everyone who has given me the opportunity to appear on podcasts, no matter how big or small. Uh, people that have supported me, shared my posts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not that kind of person. I was, I, I was, I, I'm, I was raised with a lot of good Southern hospitality. You know, my father was a good man, and I try to be the same. So, that's awesome. Uh, Alex Savage is our guest here. We got we got a few more minutes here before I got to wrap this up. But uh, if our fans want to check you out, or a promoter listening to the show wants to check you out, you got a Facebook, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, okay. So I've got a TikTok. It is uh, at the Axel Savage. I have uh, Twitter, same thing at the Axel Savage. Um, my Instagram is at the period Axel period Savage or something like that. Uh, I do have YouTube uh, Axel Savage. I mean, you look at that. I have a lot of a lot of my matches are loaded up. A lot of them are still uh, I, I still need to get loaded up. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely uh, my name is out there, you know. And I like to uh, <laughs> I there's a there's a certain a certain uh, stigma on these wrestlers that, you know, a lot of people will act like they're, like they're bigger than they are and this and that. And people will say, you know, like, Oh, we'll fight me. And then people will post a, a Google search. Like I Google search you and then there's nothing there. But if you Google search me, you find my Facebook, my, my Twitter, um, you know, you find pictures, you find matches, you find YouTube. So, yeah, it's there, and, uh, you know, I, I can definitely do a better job about promoting it, but at the same time, I've got two small kids at home that I love, and so I can't just be on my phone 24-7. My wife disagrees. She thinks 18, 24, 18 hours out of 24 is still not enough, but... <laughs> Well, you know, I'll tell you, it is interesting though when you when you type in your name on Google, and then I, I have so many things pop up, uh, and people ask me where where was this, where was that, when was that? It's like I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't even know that was out there. You know, it's amazing. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Axel, you've been awesome, and we would definitely love to have you on again. And uh, you keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we will we will be in contact. I uh, have your number. Fans are wondering why you gave me your phone number, but you had no choice. But we do appreciate you taking time to your uh, to be with us tonight, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, no, Axel. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank All you. right. All right, Axel Savage, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick little break. Uh, our next guest is waiting in the wings, and there's also a surprise coming up. So we'll be back after these messages from the greatest sponsor ever. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. 
So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And we do thank you for listening. And if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Attitude Era Live, Monday, Live Monday, like that. Go to Ken's page, like that, on Facebook, and do a $10 a month donation. We'll get you an autograph uh, from a past guest, future guest, and current guest. And speaking of current guests, uh, ladies and gentlemen, she is in the green room right now. She's going to walk down the aisle, and she's <laughs> going to tell us all about creative writing. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Caitlin Ann. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, this is Caitlin Feed. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Good to have you. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you. It's good to have you, too. Hey, great to meet you guys. Thank you. Awesome. We have uh, Caitlin Theed as our guest here. we got 39 minutes. And uh, we also have uh, the return of one of our co-hosts. We'll get to him in a little bit. Big Swing is with us. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. Then we'll come back to me and ask you a a couple of the tougher questions. But if you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, then we can uh, have fun with the interview. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So, um I founded a brand called Story Speak Enterprises that did start out as a creative writing agency. I called myself a consulting copywriter. But I moved away from that after um, realizing that I just was tired of writing for other people and being edited and censored. (laughs) So I decided I was going to write for myself, for my own business, and now I I created a business curriculum called the Legacy Brand Leader Curriculum. So I help uh, business owners and nonprofit owners who are committed to use money as a tool to advocate for humanity, wildlife, and and the earth, like in big ways, uh, to develop legacy brands that will stand the test of time. And uh, you, uh, so if someone wanted to have, uh, you know, you mentioned you were, you you got tired of writing uh, for other people, but uh, Mm -hmm. do you, uh, do you find that uh, it's, it's, uh, was just, getting tough to write for other people and then having them take credit, not giving any credit? Uh, Or what was the, what was the main drawback? Mm. That's a great question. For me, I felt like um, I couldn't be an integrity because what I saw was um, a lot of times I was a contributor. I would do PR ops, you know, I interview celebrities. So my name was always there. I did get credit. Um, But I hated that everything would be passed by an editor and the whole intention of my articles would shift, you know, and it always served the agenda of the content platform, which is, of course, profit Um, and just uh, not really, you know, it can compromise what the writer is actually saying or what the writer is trying to express. So basically you would – You'd write, for instance, you'd write like a 12-page article, and then uh, they'd edit it down so it'd be, it would look like a cash register receipt? <laughs> uh, not quite, although that does happen for me, because they give you a word limit, by the way. So what it is, it's like they may edit quotes a little bit, or they'll change headlines, so it'll shift the whole context of what you're saying. That's awesome. Uh, so Caitlin Theater's our guest yeah. here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about 36 minutes. Now, when you decided to launch your company, um, and you mentioned it's a Story Speak Enterprises, um, mm-hmm. what was your main uh, goal um, when launching that? 
It's a great question. So initially, I wrote, I said it with the intention of, hey, I love writing. I want to be a full-time writer. That's where I left my corporate job was being a writer for businesses. But my original intention was to use it as a platform for um, human trafficking victims and sharing stories of that and, and for addiction. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Caitlin, uh, before we get, get to Granny, I'm going to uh, introduce you to uh, one of our other co-hosts. Uh, he's making an appearance. Uh, uh, he's out in New York, and um, uh, he, he, owns a, uh, he owns a big establishment in uh, New York, so maybe you can give him some uh, business-owning tips. But uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? Caitlin Deed, go ahead. I mean, I wish I owned it. That would be amazing. Um, no, I, w- I work for it, um, and it's been sucking up a lot of my free time lately. But, um, no, it, it, it's cool because we have a non-wrestling guest on, um, and we have somebody who is right down my you know, career path. I was an English major, uh, well, actually a journalism major uh, in college. And um, I, I just, I'm always curious as to why... Perhaps you went down that path. What What about you? What is exciting to you about the writing process and, and the creativity process and telling a story? Because I know why I took creative writing and why I liked it as, you know, I, I branched off into more realism with, with, with journalism, but I always enjoyed the creative aspect. Um, and, and what, what kind of got you into that? What drew your passion? Mm, thanks for asking. Uh, well, to be honest, I started out as a songwriter. I've always been a songwriter since I was like 12. So I'm okay. 33 now, and um, so that's how I started. And I think just really <clears throat> sharing other people's stories because I've always been into helping others raise money for causes or raise awareness for causes. And human trafficking in particular really spoke to me since I was about 18, um, just meeting people, hearing their stories. Um, and so really I think that's it is sharing the stories of others. I, I wasn't too creative outside of songwriting and music, you know, I just felt like I've always had a big passion to share, to help others be heard and others be noticed. And, That's you know, awesome. I always, well, I always enjoyed the, the ability of uh, being overly descriptive. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and really, like when you read something, you can watch a movie all you want, but when you, oh, the book is always better, the book version. And sometimes when you read something, you can almost, it, it, it creates something in your mind where you can almost set the scene and, and be there, and somebody else is not kind of painting that picture for you. It gives you the ability to take the scenario and make it your own, and that's something I've always liked about it as well. Um, I also like that, you know, you don't like to write for other people now because uh, I, you know, have to do that sometimes, and it's not fun, especially with journalism, you know, newspapers, editors, things like that. So that's not, that's not pleasant, but... Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I see I see the number here. You're uh, you're an East Coaster as well. Yes, yeah, from Connecticut. Yes, yes. And so I was in Albany I, too, at some point. Oh well, okay. Well, weirdly enough, I I am actually in the Albany area. Um, I, I live oh. in just north Albany by Saratoga Springs, actually, up uh, by the horse race okay. track. Yeah, oh, and wonderful. I actually went. Yeah. I actually went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, which is down in Farmington. So okay. kind of a small world here so it is. yeah i know i miss the east coast i'm in nevada now and i always mm. i always talk about the east coast i miss the pizza and the bagels most <laughs> ba- bagels yes bagels and pizza are are key uh real quick i just want to rub this on icon's face um 
It was 42 degrees here today. I think spring is coming. Uh, Icon, are you are you up to your belly button in snow yet or no? Uh, we're getting close. I know what the studio getting is. <laughs> I actually had, I enough. actually had to get uh, I actually had to get uh, pulled into the studio uh, because uh, there was drifts in front of the studio door. But uh, you know we're, we're we're making our way. But uh, Big Swing, we we expect to have you uh, back more often. But uh, we know that you're I busy. Now that, uh, now that, well, now that sports now. Hi, Granny. <laughs> Um, now that sports are over and it doesn't appear like we're going to have baseball anytime soon, uh, I don't think I'm going to have mm-hmm. as many uh, as many Yankee obligations uh, as I as I normally would. And now football's over and I don't really care about hockey, so I, I should be able to be available uh, on Mondays uh, a lot more frequently. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what uh, we uh, we're glad that uh, you're you're still with us and. Uh, um, you know, you, uh, we might have to have a wrestling match between you and Matthias to get your chair back, but we'll we'll see what happens on that. You know, I, I'm down for whatever. Just uh, tell me what to sign. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, we have uh, Caitlin Thede as our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about uh, 31 minutes. Uh, Caitlin, I want to introduce you to our next guest, uh, our next co-host, Granny Hulkster. Uh, now, she uh, she likes to read uh, usually wrestling stories and cookbooks, but uh, <laughs> Granny, what do you got for our guest? Caitlin, go ahead. Well, welcome to our show, Caitlin. We're glad to have you on tonight. So, Thank you. Being a writer, what has been one of the most interesting or maybe even challenging stories that you've ever had to write in your career? Hmm. Okay, I think the most interesting one. I have one most interesting one. Um, I got to speak with, uh, I don't even know his name now, so I, I for, literally forget the man I spoke to, but I know he was a touring guitarist with Corn, and so that was so exciting. Oh. Um, wow, the, the band Corn, yeah, and um, mm-hmm. it was so funny. It was actually really, really embarrassing. It was my first interview with like kind of celebrity, so uh, he's like he's like instructing me on how to do my job, <laughs> and he's like, "Was it Brian Welch?" Yes, I think so, actually. And he's uh, he's very much into self-healing now and, and yoga and all this stuff. Yep, that's him. That's him. That's awesome. That's him. Yeah, it was really cool. And then to see my story being... Um, <clears throat> so I plugged him in to... I plugged him in with another account I was writing for called SoberRecovery.com. And so they got to go to a red carpet event. And so it was, like, really cool seeing how my connections were used to bring awareness to, like, great causes, you know? Wow. Well, I'm all about yeah. helping with great causes. I mean, I, 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 actually, I actually help an organization. I actually live in, I live in Springdale, Arkansas, but this organization is over in Oklahoma, and it's called Wrestling for a Cause, and they do independent wrestling shows for kids that are fighting childhood cancer. And I've pretty much been helping with that organization pretty much from day one. I'll pick up merchandise for the promoter, and i uh, that's where I get the gimmick name Granny Hulkster because I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestler, but I am a wrestling fan, and I love to – I've met a lot of amazing families and children over the years helping with this organization, and 
I'm really, you know, I'm really glad to be a part of such a great organization that has helped so many, you know, families and so many children because I love kids anyways. And But mm-hmm. uh, I just, you know, and recently I I have a son who is 35 years old and he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when he was like 11, but recently um, he pretty much got tested for autism spectrum disorder, which mm. uh, he's 35 now and everything. But apparently when uh, they came up with the autism spectrum disorder, autism and Asperger's were kind of combined together along with some other things. So apparently his either autism or Asperger's when he was younger was never really recognized. And, you know, people were thinking that a lot of his problems were emotional behavioral issues because of the bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. And, you know, so um, I've been trying to help him. Uh, I mean, currently he's living on his own, but, you know, God forbid if something happens to me and my husband, he's not going to have that kind of support to reach out to anybody. So I'm trying to get him the help that he needs while we're still Mm -hmm. here as compared to us being gone and him not having anybody to reach out to. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really sorry for the, like, I can't imagine the troubles. What troubles have you seen with the system? If you don't mind me asking, because I have a partner who uh, his sister is actually, I guess you could say disabled, um, alcohol fetal syndrome. And we've noticed there's no advocate for, uh, it's very hard to find advocates for that, like any person who is labeled as, you know. uh, Well, see, because because he was not diagnosed with the autism before the age of 22, (coughs) excuse me, we couldn't get him the Medicaid waiver because there's a place here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where he could actually go live, where they have apartments where people could go and check on him every day and make sure that he's doing okay. But because he wasn't diagnosed with the autism before the age of 22, we couldn't get him, you know, the Medicaid waiver. But now, since we've got a more updated letter from the doctor that actually tested him, we're working on that dual application to try to get him the proper help that he needs. So, yeah. you know, it's really just, it's really difficult, you know, because yeah. I mean, it's it's really challenging because he does not communicate um like a normal 35-year-old male would. Mm. Mhm. So I would love to stay connected to see how that works out and see, you know, um, anything that helps. They think uh, it could help me and help other people, you know, to, to know the processes you've gone through and seeing what works and, and who, who can help you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, to, it's you know. definitely, well, well, Caitlin, after the show, what I'll do show. is I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you Granny's number so you guys can uh, chat about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be awesome. awesome. Uh, Caitlin Theater is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Welcome. we got about uh, we got about uh, 20 minutes here left with uh, Caitlin. Now, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Story uh, Speak Enterprise, but 
I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, your tagline. Uh, and I, oh, sure. you know, I want to be able. I, I know it's your tagline, but I want to be able to use it. And your tagline is "The world belongs to givers." Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. I have to tell you that I used to be a Bible school student, um, and so I'm like really into. So I, I moved to the West Coast from the East Coast. So as you can imagine, my whole theology shifted. You know, West Coast very like different vibe. You know, not conservative. Uh, really loose, and so as I was kind of my my whole relationship with religion and Jesus and everything changed right where i'm I'm not so conservative anymore, but what I found one of the beatitudes that always stuck with me growing up was um what the uh, should should inherit the meek shall inherit the earth right and I grew up as someone who was very like um, I really misunderstood that phrase I think I think I took it as the tim I was very timid growing up. Um, even well into having a business, like I, I was not good at asking for things. I think that's why I was a writer for so long. Like I hid behind my work, I was very timid, and so um, I would use other people's words, you know, sharing stories that worked out in favor for my gift. But um, so I translated the actual meaning, which I I believe is the world belongs to givers. The meek shall inherit the earth. It's like the people who give and who are contributors. And so when I started really getting into business and leaning more towards the side of consulting, um, I saw that in business there was such an air of taking, right? You know, when you get on sales calls or when you talk to coaches, I'm not saying it's all of them, but a lot of business out there is take, take, take. And especially, I mean, we, we see this as employees and consumers, you know, we're tra- trained to take. So I really wanted to um, – put that tagline out there to shift people's perspective as like, oh, like I can give and it can go back to me. You know, oh, I can give and business can feel good. You know, so to, to hook people in and kind of make them inquisitive of, well, what does generosity look like? What does giving actually mean? You know? Uh, Caitlin Theaters, I guess, here we got about uh, 22 minutes. Now, let me ask you this, Caitlin. With... Um, with your with your uh, company, Story Speak Enterprise, kind of tell us uh, what uh, what is the main thing you do to outreach to people, and what is the main thing you do to help people. Oh sure, okay. So to outreach people, do you uh, mean like um, PG language? Okay, yeah. Cause, okay, when you ask that, so I immediately think business. So so when you say outreach people, I'm thinking sales. So like I'm thinking technical, like well, I DMs. Uh, um, but so. Um, is that what you mean? Is there right? A yeah. So, like, question? okay. Well, no. Just, just, just kind of t- uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, Story Speak Enterprises. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, I could do that. Sorry. Um. Well, so basically, I I reach people who are um who are starting up a business or have been in business a long time and are transitioning to uh something more like a legacy, right? So if pe- a lot of people, they start business and they start doing things just because they're told to do it, for example. They start a social media account or they start reaching out to people and doing what they're told by people online, by courses, by coaches, but no one really understands why they're doing it. Like they're just like, oh, I was told I was told to do this. And so again, they're like in the taking mode, in the getting mode, still acting kind of as, as consumers under the guise of a business, 
like just doing what they're told. Um, and so where I created the Legacy Brand Leader Curriculum, actually, oh, sorry, the Legacy Brand Leader Curriculum is a business curriculum. That's my main core offer. And I created that actually after working with, as a writer for the last time with a cannabis brand in California. I scored this really big contract. I was really excited about it. But this brand just wanted me to copy other brands that were famous and wanted me to copycat other people. And they, I, I kept trying to, like, consult them and get down to, like, well, don't you have a story? You know, what's your unique brand proposition? What's your value? And they could not come up with them. They just wanted to be catchy, and they just wanted to be liked. So I knew I had to, in order to remain integrity myself, I had to quit and start something different where it's like, okay, I can't do done-for-you consulting anymore. I can't just be an agency because I felt like I was robbing people of their ability to be responsible for results, especially business owners. And especially business owners who want to make impact, it's so important that um, I, I saw uh, an opportunity for me to fill in the gap in the industry where instead of uh, people blindly trusting business coaches and hired help to act on behalf of their business, I wanted to educate business owners to help them learn how to be responsible for results and to take the time to educate themselves and um, put procedures in place, standard business operations and procedures to then hire people who can take over for them. That's essentially what I do is create standard operating, standard operating procedures in business so that the business can actually scale like ethically and responsibly and um, for a really in a stable way that can last a long time. Uh, Caitlin, these are our guests here. We've got about uh, 18 minutes here uh, left with Caitlin. Now, my, uh, the company I have is uh, Icon Enterprises. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If I were to uh, have you uh, give me advice on how to promote that, what would the first thing that you uh, want uh, tell me to do, instruct me to do to um, expand my brand? Well, the first thing I do is ask a question because I don't just tell people what to do because I, I believe you have to – it's the way you do it, too. It has to align with who you are and your approach and everything to business. So I would ask, um, what's the number one goal of Icon Enterprises, their mission? Well, well our, our mission is to um, promote uh, celebrities, uh, promote uh, myself, uh, and uh, – uh, kind of network uh, between uh, like my show and uh, other facets of uh, entertainment uh, to get our uh, radio show uh, more out in the mainstream. Mm. So it's kind of like, would you say it's a PR firm, a, a type of PR firm? Correct. Okay. So you're funneling people, if I hear it correctly, uh, through your show, but then also using that funnel to uh, onboard clients to your services. Correct. Okay, gotcha. So it sounds like it's mostly online? It is right now, yeah. Okay, cool. So um, the first thing I would have you do, and I'm just going to walk you through my process, honestly, because, see, you just mentioned a really big mission, right? Which made sense. I can narrow down already, like, okay, I, I get the gist of what you're doing. I see how it works. The first thing I would suggest you doing is what I have called a legacy pledge map, and it builds and it walks you through the intention of your brand, the long-term intention. So the first thing I'd recommend is creating that lifetime leadership tool um, so that you could draw out and set the brand intention um, because it sounds like an enterprise, right? Whenever we name something enterprise, it's like, well, you want it to grow bigger than it already is. You know, like it has really big shoes to fill. So 
Correct. I would ask, do you have a business plan? And do you have, like, a, a legacy brand plan? Like, do you have these written out and documented? Uh, I, I'm working on it as we speak, yes. Perfect. Okay. So once we know those things, um, once you have this written down, um, it's just about knowing your brand, which it sounds like you're, you're becoming familiar with it. So I believe in doing things in a certain order, too, um, because I've seen how once we have things in place, uh, business operations build on top of each other like a staircase, and they kind of bleed over to the next one. So you can't do branding and then go straight to sales. Um, I believe it goes branding, marketing, sales. And then you can't just go to sales without doing the branding properly because then you're creating a whole other um, problem somewhere else. So um, I would ask the first thing I think every business should have is after a business plan, like that big high-level thinking, is a brand guide. I would ask, do you have a brand guide? I don't. Okay, there you go. Boom. So a brand guide is um, it's a great tool that removes the need for you to uh, have to think about creative decisions in your business. Um, I see you put out, you know, you create those um, those images, right, that you send your guests, for example. So do you do those or does someone else do them? No, those. that's all me. That's all me. That's all you. So already um, I can imagine there's probably like a whole list of things for you to, that, like all these little tasks, but if you were able to remove yourself and have someone else do, that when you can trust that they can do it the same quality, if not better, right? Like would that help you if you were able to remove yourself from tasks like these in the business? Yes, it would, as a matter of fact. I mean, you know, the the only reason why – uh, you know, I don't have a, a, an assistant doing uh, uh, doing the show here with me. It's because, uh, and now you can correct me if I'm wrong on this in, in this thinking, but uh, the reason why I don't is because I don't feel that they can do it the way that I'd want it to be done. They do it their own mm-hmm. way. Is that a wrong way to think? No, I think it's the right way to think for a short period of time because I'll tell you what, it's dangerous to think like that. Like, I think it's okay because, you're the CEO of this, you're the vision, you're the steward. But what that shows me is, and from personal experience, is it shows we don't trust ourselves to provide the training or the tools to properly train someone. Because what I've learned is you hire based on skill or not on like values and ethics. So if you find someone who can follow instructions, who can collaborate and be a true partner and communicate well, and if you provide, they don't have to be skilled in anything you're doing. They don't have to know anything. But if you have the certain tools and procedures and documents and videos and, like, whole training kit and all the tools and the brand, what we call the branding operation to train them, like, if you knew that you had adequate and sufficient training for them, then how would you feel? Would that change well, what you're saying right now? Well, it, well, if I could, if I could train someone to do all the stuff that I do, like, for instance, booking the mm-hmm. guests, uh, you yeah. know, um, making the collector's cards and then confirming because uh, you, you saw how many uh, different confirmations you had for before you came on the air with us, right? Uh, you know, yeah. I'd like to be able to find someone that can do that the right way instead of the wrong way. Okay. Correct. And that's, that's okay, that's a good sign, I will say, from you um, because you, you know that there's a right way, which means you've done the work to prove the processes already. Like you know what works and you're like, this is what works. I don't want to change it. You know what I mean? I don't need anyone to reinvent the wheel. I just need someone to do the instructions. So you're actually in a perfect place to outsource 
so the next step for you would be to like document everything and a lot before going to a human to do it you look for technology that can do it first because it's often cheaper and just eliminates human error so for example the dms you can automate um which i may have a tool by the way that i just signed up for that you may like and it's like 37 dollars for a lifetime right now because it's beta testing but i'm automate facebook dm um okay but uh yeah so um that question you asked, I, my mind just keeps going back to that because I've been doing this for eight years alone. And now the danger of that is that I had that thinking for so long where I was like, I can't trust anyone to do it. And I was such a control freak and a perfectionist because I care about people and I want the experience not to be jeopardized, you know, when I really prioritize relationships. But now I'm at a point where, like, I literally cannot keep up with my business. I lost all creative drive. I don't want to do sales. And I'm, I'm holding income back i'm holding my business back in every single way because i've been so stubborn so the earlier we can let go of control and the earlier we can do these processes and procedures to outsource um the better now when you uh when someone approaches you and then wants you to help grow their brand what um what is the one thing that you uh expect from them uh before you uh Mm -hmm provide your service before okay yeah sure that's a great question thank you for asking it so i would say the prerequisite essentially for anyone working with me is um just to be committed to what they're building um and to have to adjust their expectations where it's not fast results um not overnight success but it's really being committed to the process not the results but being committed to the process of actually building a business. Um, and you would need a business model already. Like, you, you have to know what you're selling. You know, you have to have an idea, and you have to know um, that you're committed to the idea. Uh, and I think the final thing would be to know for sure that you want it to be a serious business to make impact, not just a hobby, you know. Right. Uh, we have uh, we have Caitlin Seed as our guest here, and uh, we have about uh, five minutes here left uh, before uh, you know. I have to. You ha- I know you have to go to your next business meeting, but uh, so we can do this. Uh, uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I have a YouTube. Just growing that right now. It's very small. Uh, I, if you search my brand, Story Speak Enterprises, you can find that. My Instagram is, again, storyspeak.enterprises. My Facebook is storyspeakenterprises. <laughs> and, but the, I think the best place is storyspeak.net. That's my website where you can see everything I'm offering um, and then get connected with, to my social media from that page, from my website. And I also hope that uh, you, you posted that card I made for you, too. I was going to ask what you thought of that. Awesome. As well, too. Um, I loved it. You know what was interesting to me is that you chose like one, two of my favorite pictures of myself. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, what, what what was cool about uh, you know we'll, we'll talk about this real quick for our fans that don't know. Uh, every guest that comes on our show gets a uh, cool guest card that uh, that I make for them. And uh, it's all done, like, like we talked about, it's all done by me. I, I create them and I make them. And uh, I, 
I only had one person kind of push back saying, well, you can't use that picture. It's uh, uh, it's copyrighted by the photographer. Then I um, I redo it, and I send another one. Oh, you can't use that picture. It's copyrighted. And uh, after about eight different attempts, they're like, oh, that looks good. And I, I guess I should have said, uh, well, can you give me a picture that's not copyrighted so I don't have to go through your entire file? <laughs> it's another process you need. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Caitlin Theta is our guest here, and uh, we got a few minutes here before i got to wrap it up. But, you know, I'll tell you what, Caitlin, you know, we do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule uh, to be with us. And uh, I definitely will be in contact with you because, uh, you know, I'd like you to help me uh, find a way to build my brand and uh, how to sell myself better and uh, so I can help out uh, some of the others that uh, I want to help out. Um, I, I think that you would be a perfect avenue and a per- perfect person to ask the uh, ask advice on that. Mm, yes, we can, uh, we can have a free call for sure and just kind of address everything in one call, you know, and go from there. Yeah, because, you know, you did give me your number, and most of our fans are like wondering why you would do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome, and I'll tell you what, though. Uh, real quick here, uh, uh, last thing. If you uh, were to give someone uh, advice, uh, the best advice you can give somebody starting that's starting out a brand or wanting to start out a business, what is the best advice that you can give somebody? I think the best advice I would give is know why you're doing it um, because you'll never stay motivated unless you are committed to knowing why you're doing it and know where you're going. That's my advice. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Caitlin, you have been so awesome, and uh, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. And um, I hope that you'll be able to join us again. And uh, you have been awesome. Thank you. This is so Thanks fun. Thanks for being on the show. Me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Caitlin D, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, uh, I don't know what happened to uh, Big Swing. He uh, kind of dropped off. But um, uh, we'll uh, see if we can't uh, hook up. And uh, I know that uh, Matthias is listening on the other the other channel. So uh, we will um, uh, try and uh, hook up with him and find out uh, if he was able to uh, unbury himself from the snow <laughs> that we had. And I, uh, uh, apparently, I guess we had four inches now, and I, they, they're calling for another four to six inches here. Wow! And um, uh, we uh, are not looking forward to that. But uh, let's bring on our buddy Matthias. Are you there, sir? Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. How's it hanging? Good. You know, I was kind of curious. You know, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell everybody what uh, your your day to day job is because you're a wrestler. But uh, with your day to day job, did you have trouble doing that today? Absolutely. Well, considering the fact that we're driving in 45 mile an hour winds and blowing snow and stuff like that, delivering alcohol is difficult but we got through it well then i was heading home today from work and it took me over an hour to drive 15 minutes and i'll explain why i got stuck by the new hospital uh right there off of 45th street the big castle like sanford i got stuck there 
and some people were ever so kindly able to help me out of the snowbank where I thanked them very much, and then I got in my car, and not even 30 seconds later, three cars in the same parking lot of the same apartment building got stuck. So and I thought, well, they did right by me. I'll do right by them. Got all three of them shoved out, and then I just went home and said, yeah, I'm not leaving my apartment for the rest of the day just in case I get stuck again. Well, you know, Matthias, there is uh, one person I want to introduce you to. Uh, Big Swing, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, well, hey, Big Swing, uh, this is uh, Matthias. Uh, he's been uh, filling in for you uh, when you've been gone, and uh, we're here on 89.1 Kent's FM, and we got about uh, three minutes here. Uh, you know, hopefully that uh, eventually I'll be able to, uh, you know, Matthias, uh, Big Swing has been in the studio with us, and uh, you've been in New York hanging out uh, in 45-degree weather, and uh, uh, Granny Hulkster, um, you know, she's going to WrestleMania, and uh uh, I'm stuck here in Fargo, not going anywhere because uh, of all my careers. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, eventually we'll be able to get you guys all uh, together uh, and on the show. We'll just have to figure out how that's going to work because, uh, you know, when you have Basically, guests for 30 minutes and then you have uh, four different people uh, asking questions, it, it kind of goes by quick. So we got to figure out how we would do that. Well, I was going to say, I can call in um, pretty much whenever to get actually physically get there. Uh, it would probably have to be late August in order to not have snow. So, uh, right. you know, and I'm not, not not a big fan of snow. I get enough of that out here in New York. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh, you get enough of that in New York. We do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was 40, yeah, I, I have plenty, plenty enough uh, for, for me anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm always down to call in. Like, like I said earlier, uh, I don't think we're going to have baseball this year, so I don't think I'll have Yankee obligations. So, uh, at least not for a while. So I will be able to be, you know, to be on with you guys and, uh, you know, I won't have to come on and gloat about how, you know, the Yankees are better than the twins every year. So, um, well, one thing. One thing I'm going to announce, guys, is uh, I've, I've been working on this for a while, but uh, uh, I'm working on a uh, with a local wrestling promotion, and uh, it's not the one that uh, Matthias is going to be wrestling for uh, in uh, Grand Forks, but it's the other one, uh, Below Zero Wrestling, and uh, the rumor is that... Uh, um yeah, that we were we were talking about Icon Enterprise is going to do a little get together uh, and a little meet and greet, and a friend of the show's Dev Gardner is going to come on down to North Dakota, uh, do a meet and greet, and uh, uh, you have a chance to uh, uh, we're going to do a raffle, have a chance to uh, win tickets to sit uh, ringside with Dev and uh, get autographs and all this other good stuff. Uh, so uh, we'll have more on that uh, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, the the shoot date for that is uh, probably the end of August, uh, or it'll be sometime this summer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's willing to come on down and uh, meet all her fans and bring all her fans with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, she'll be on the show with us in a couple weeks. And uh, she, uh, Deb loves Granny. Uh, she uh, likes Big Swing because uh, he's in New York, and uh, she hasn't met Matthias yet, so hopefully uh, she'll love all four of us. But uh, as you guys know, 
you know, we're uh, we're just clicking away uh, at this, uh, and uh, uh, the reason why I wanted to have a Big Swing call back is uh, our uh, anniversary is coming up uh, the Monday after WrestleMania. So you want I want you to be on the show for that. Uh, as you know, that we started out. I started out as a call-in guy, uh, and then. Um, you know, everybody else went on to bigger and better things except for us. And well, actually, you're on to better and better things well, too. I'm still I, doing this, well, but well, I don't uh, want to say bigger and I, better. They're just doing different things. I want to necessarily say that they're better things. Okay. Well, they they, they moved on and they've left us behind. But uh, you know, so uh, uh, our anniversary is the Monday after WrestleMania, and uh, we'll uh, we'll spend. Uh, a lot of time reminiscing about uh, stuff, uh, past guests, and what we've done and where we're going. Uh, but, uh, you know, we do have to sign off here. Uh, uh, we got a big show next week, so check out our Facebook page, Attitude Era Live, or Attitude Era Monday Live Monday. And uh, also keep track on Ken's page, and uh, you'll see who we got next. But uh, uh, until next week, we want you guys to all be safe, love each other, be nice to each other. And uh, we'll be back here uh, next week at the same time. You guys all are going to be in here with us next week? See you all next yep. week. Uh, yeah, I'll be here. Good night, all right. everybody. All right, everybody, take care. And we're now going to play The Close, and that's Big Swing's favorite song. So everybody have a good night. Oh, yeah. You think you know me.